stop that. <laughs> All right, so anyway. Feels like deja vu. <laughs> oh, yeah, for some reason, but anyways, if anybody's still here after... The nonsense here. Uh, welcome to our new season for Carnival of Randomness. Hope you had a happy holiday. It's been the weather's been frightful a little bit. Mm-hmm. We always say have Carnival of Randomness issues. Not like we would ever have to restart a podcast because we're professionals. So uh, <laughs> I'd like to shout out, shout out to Fran Bass who passed away from Marge's sweet lady. She passed away and we'll miss you. And Joe Galusha was supposed to be here. Joe will return. You know the cutest little Lipscrew sisters. Yep, yeah. but Greg, take it away. All right. Well, I'm here with a couple of my good friends, uh, Rich Fiordaliso, who I've known since fourth grade. Fourth grade, and man. Deep Tortoretti has returned to the carnival. Hello. And you'll never guess what I'm going to ask now. You've never heard this before. How did you guys meet? <laughs> well, well, I, I take it away, in, Rich. I moved into the neighborhood four houses away from Greg. Yep. And we were we went to the same grade school together. We were in the same classes together, and uh, he was this little fat, little roly poly kid oh, back yeah. then. <laughs> I heard you had no class. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we started doing things, playing together, and you know he played drums before I even started playing keyboard. I, I am not the suave. Debonair, sophisticated guy you see before you. <laughs> like that dude in the Charles Atlas ad. Yeah, right. <laughs> Are you tired of bullies? We used to sit on my porch and had jealousy windows, and when cars would go by, we'd go, hey, yell oh at the God. cars. We all look. We'd all, we, we'd see these funny, you know, these funny people ex- looking expressions. They, you couldn't people. see the people inside the house. Yeah, right. the they window. didn't know where it came from. They were like, like louvered windows. <laughs> I used to shoot snowballs at the cars, and you're going, hey. <laughs> You want to see crazy expression and hit somebody on the side window when they're driving right. by. Well, you know, we used to do a weird thing. We, we put a new spin on it because we were like little hoodlums. Oh, God, yeah. And, we were. And what we would do, we would have two people. We'd have one guy in the back of the house and then somebody out by the street spotting. Remember that? <laughs> and we'd throw the snowballs over the house. Oh. Over the house. Geez. Over the house, yeah. trying, to, trying to find when the cars would... Yeah, yeah. So they would yeah. drop in front of the cars. Yeah. And oh, oh, yeah. Bold. I'd stand right there. <laughs> hey! Check <laughs> this out. I ducked behind like a snow bank. But right now, there's like a 95-year-old guy with, with a vendetta. Yeah. Have you ever find you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, many no. times people would turn around and come back after. Oh, Boy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh run. sure, that's happened. We'd run, man. No, they and got one of my friends one time. Beat the shit out. <laughs> and, and we used to do jerky boy phone prank calls. Oh my and god, we used to, to record it. There was this one guy. He was a drunk. We used to, <laughs> we used to oh yeah, we used to uh, call him up, and he used to call us Boo Boo. He go, "What do you want, Boo Boo? What are you doing, Boo Boo?" And then what, what we did was record. We recorded his voice and called him back, and yeah, he's talking to himself. Yeah, right. He would Children's argue with himself. Yeah, yeah, telling himself like today, telling himself to go to hell and yeah, all this behavior. Just like we today, had kids. Ball. Oh my god. Yeah, but but we got together. Uh, Rich and I got together, and and used to just practice because I figured, well, okay, I got drums. I'll come down to your house. Yeah, he had his drums at my house. I had the, at that time I had the Hammond organ. I had a the first Hammond organ I bought was a CV, right. and I and I got it from my local idol, Vinny String. I remember that. I remember yeah. he, he he came down and did some adjustments. He did some adjustments because yeah, the organ needed a lot of work, and especially the Leslie speaker. It wouldn't slow down. I'd have to take a hammer and hit the <laughs> Leslie. Remember that? I really remember that. Yeah, yeah, and boom, man! You know, I have to slow and, the Leslie down. And I have down. to say that. Rich was crucial to my growing up because 
they had a little room in the basement, like it was a bar or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, the and your dad always had those, like, <laughs> those great 60s, like, <laughs> like uh, cheesecake, nudie yeah. garage things, like from a gas station. Or oh, something. my oh, God. I mean, if you had a few of those now, yeah. you'd be in the chips, bro. Oh, I thought, oh yeah. <laughs> you'd be making some serious money. Well, I met Rich. Um, back in the, I believe it was the mid-70s, 77 maybe, because I was playing with the band Heads or Tails. It was 77, that's yeah. when the second Masquerade the Masquerade came, was came breaking up. Uh, Heads or Tails was breaking up. I, I had mentioned that on the last podcast I was on. And uh, I don't know, things things were unraveling with Heads or Tails. So Bill Turchetti, our guitar player with Heads or Tails, well, you know, knew we, Rich. We, we knew each other, and we were sitting next to each other at who? Where? Yeah. Greg Andrews recital. Oh no, oh, kidding! Right. His Nazareth oh, wow. recital. Wow! So that's what put many. We put the band together. Yeah. I got Lex in the band. Lex Byers. Well, that that's the the first the first second master. Second master. So so Bill said, well, listen, let's stick together. It was me, Bill Turchetti. And uh, Joe Felicia, who had taken Howie Goldwasser's place because Howie had left the band. So it was me, Billy Turchetti, and Joe Pelich. Um And Bill said, well, I know two guys. They're reforming their band, Masquerade. So it, it was uh, it was Rich and the singer. What happened to Joe? I remember that. Joe passed, passed, passed oh, it, yeah, yeah. almost two oh, years man. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my friend, that. rest in peace, Joe yeah. Pelicci. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we, with the five of us, we reformed Masquerade and yeah. went back out as the new Masquerade. Uh, Richard the guys, right? <laughs> the original Masquerade had what, uh, Rich? Seven piece. You had horns. We were six. I think we were six piece. We didn't have a guitar player. That was weird. I was doing a well, lot. We had of no guitar stuff. player. No, we were, I was doing a lot of stuff with the Hammond. Okay. And um, we had a trumpet and trombone. Right. And uh, we had Reinhardt Brucker on Ryan, drums. Ryan, yeah, yeah, Ryan's a great, great player. Drummer. I still see Reinhardt. Yeah, I've been playing yeah, with yeah I see him once in a while. I've been, I've been playing with that Keys to the Caddy that he does. With oh, Keys Tony to the Caddy with Tony. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. I've been playing some games yeah, with That's them. cool. I graduated at uh, Eastridge with uh, with uh, Ryan. Right. Ryan plays, jeez, uh, multi-instrumentalist, bass, guitar, drums, great drummer, singer. I remember he had that band back in the day, uh, Black... Blackberry or Black... Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, you know what Blackberry Winter. Yeah. Blackberry Winter, yeah. yeah. I really? never heard Damn. that. Damn. Good call, ah. Steve. Yeah, I never uh, heard see, that. Because Steve doesn't smoke pot. So no, no, my memory is <laughs> fading, but I still have a little bit in there that uh, jogged the old memory bank. I like that better than Blackberry Smoke, actually. Blackberry, yeah. Blackberry Smoke. But, I mean, remember they had that they had that singer. Uh, I forgot her name. But, I mean, I remember Reinhardt and uh, this guy Steve... That was the bass player. I used, I used to pal around with him uh, when I was growing up. Reinhardt's a great singer, too. Yeah, man. he's real good. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they were good. And Kim, that guy Kim uh, Murray, I guess he's the guy that does all those martial arts places. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I guy mean, that I, one of my best friends, just his birthday, a couple of days ago, Sammy DeLucia, been friends since first grade. He still hangs out with Kim Murray because he's always in the yeah. martial arts. He his own I believe studio. it's the same guy. I yeah, Master was, Kim. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. But anyway, let, let's go back a little bit. So, yeah. so the thing is, yeah, Rich and I, uh, we started out in in the grade school thing, and then after we went to different high schools together. So yeah, to we did. And but we were still playing. We had a different drummer at first, right? But then he was this guy was off the wall. He would never remember 
our arrangements and stuff. And he was a really good drummer, but we kicked him out for Greg. <laughs> and then, oh yeah, and then we, like we, the yeah. we we had Tom in the band too. Oh right, and uh, we Rich has a bad habit of kicking drummers out. <laughs> for another podcast. That's why Joe's not here. <laughs> <laughs> I think Rich told him don't show up. <laughs> no, so uh, yeah, we had we had Tom in the band, and he couldn't sing. The poor guy, but he had all the equipment. He had the he had the PA yeah. system and stuff. I learned a valuable lesson from that. Own everything. Own everything. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Well, well, Greg was the one that was taking the, <laughs> trying to take the speakers out. <laughs> Remember that taking the speakers no. out, and then Tom came and he saw us taking the speakers uh, out of his cabinets. <laughs> well, in the early no, we days, were oh, we were bad. Yeah. In the early days, it was always I'm in a band, and we need to share. The uh, the right. cost of everything. So let's let's all buy a PA. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. Together. Meanwhile, I was the person when they asked what the favorite TV show was. Was the only one who said Star Trek. So I was super popular when I was young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then you know basically after the high school thing, which we did we did a gig at Carney when I was in high school. Yeah, right? that was with fantastic. The band Subway. Yeah, we which, did a lot of gigs. Which Carney was had some good dances. Yeah. I didn't go to them all, but I did go to a few. We had a well, manager. Had the Christmas dances. They had the Christmas dances at, uh, every year. Did you ever go on any of the Christmas uh, dances? Probably. At Carney? Yeah. I mean, I was going out with one girl in high school. So. Yeah, I went a couple yeah, that's times. Right, I remember that. It was a girl I was dating briefly that was uh, a Carney. Uh, I never got Carney to date her. I just went out with her. Yeah. <laughs> it was all, yeah, I didn't see her other than the Christmas dances. Hi, you want to go to the Christmas dance? Okay. <laughs> I think that went over his head. Uh, well, yeah, I, 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 I missed it. I'll, I'll catch it on the replay. <laughs> we, so, Subway had a, a manager, Steve Pies, oh the biggest bullshitter I've ever heard. He got gigs, though. He got, he got his gigs. You know what he, he put on a sign that we played at St. Joe's. Remember St. Joe's? Yeah. And the sign said, uh, Subway, just come coming from uh, on tour with Three Dog Night. Yeah, hey, whatever you know, works. Was that was BS. Oh, Tell them anything time. and they'll believe it. Hey, that's big right. time. That's right. But yeah. so after high school, then everything we all kind of split off because you had <laughs> went and you did. We got married and yeah, I know. But don't forget, we had Jerry Man Three. We won three people. Oh, that's right. We did that. Yeah, we Jim Bonanno that. couldn't do it anymore. He had to work nights. And uh, we didn't need a bass player. We, said, oh, we don't need Howie. Oh, yeah, so we did the organ trio. We don't need yeah. Howie? We don't need Howie. I did bass pedal. Me, Howie? I played bass Howie pedal. G? Yeah. Right, so, Sorry, yeah. Howie. <laughs> well, yeah, we were we were influenced a lot, and we went through our Lee Michaels phase there of just doing right, the organ right. trio. Exactly. Know? Yeah. But, it's I mean, later on, though, I mean, you know, yeah. then you guys were working at Kodak and this and that. Oh, yeah. right, we right. ended up, ironically, after Masquerade, I was out of the band because uh, of, of issues. <laughs> We won't go into those. We won't go into them. Because we're friends right now, so I like to stay that way. <laughs> so, no growls in the no, studio. No growls. In the... <laughs> so, ironically, uh, I started working at Kodak. I was at uh, on Humboldt Street at the, what they called C Building and uh, was part of uh, clinical products. Yeah. And I show up one day, and lo and behold, who's working there? Rich Fiordaliso. That's right, I was there. There he is. Oh, yeah. we used to have a blast. Oh, we did. We had we the coffee We had clutch. We had a, what we called a coffee. Clutch. There was like yeah. maybe twenty of us who would take break together. Guys every day. and girls. Oh, yeah, friends, we used to know. have a lot of fun there. Rich was in uh, 
QA, uh, quality, quality control. control, QC. QC. Not QA. That's questions and answers. Right? <laughs> <laughs> QC is quality control, but I know what Rich used to do run the machines. We made these blood analyzing machines. Oh, my God. I used to kick those machines. <laughs> Rich, <laughs> he's got the worst temper. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, stay clear of Rich. Oh, yeah. If he's ever in a bad mood, things are going to fly. Screwdrivers go flying. He'd be out there. I don't know how he he kept his job. He was always swearing and kicking and banging the machine. I had the one, though. My one Kodak story like that was I worked, I did notching and rounding. I was in the building down uh, by Latona. So I go in there, I'm on night shift. I go in there and I'm like, what the hell is this? Like some guy before me, he stuffed cake in there. Sabotage. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I know. I, I used to hear these crazy Kodak stories about and, and, oh. oh people sleeping. Oh, all the oh time. we would find oh, the yeah. mattresses like in the cart. Yeah, oh, they, they had a prostitution ring going on there too. At Elm Grove. Oh, oh my God. Oh yeah. They, 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 they were doing it on the on the roof. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> so after rum. Yeah. Any pictures? Uh, no puppies. pictures from Kodak. Oh, my God. Oh, I How do you miss that? <laughs> then I think I met Greg through Rich. Because by oh, the mid-90s, right. Rich and I were both divorced. So we're going out. Oh, man. We, we used to go out every weekend. And Tell we them how we used to, our stomachs used to hurt. We used to be oh, laughing used to be so much. Much. We used to laugh. Oh, I mean, my, my God. God. The, the crazy stuff we used to oh, do and God. say. Yeah. But that's how I think I met Greg. Yeah, probably Back, Probably not in the 90s. We used to go. Uh, you were playing. I think I remember no, one time. playing with them. No, no. Greg. I, I always said to Greg. I said, don't <laughs> tell us everybody. who you're playing with because he plays with everybody. Tell us who you're not playing in a band with. It's a lot easier to remember that. And then you go out to this bar, there's Greg. You go out to another bar, there's Greg. You go out to another bar, there's guess Greg. who? That's Greg! Yeah. Well, you know, when you have no life, what are you going to do? Yeah, but you're I heard great. the question with Greg drummer. before where I said, dude, are you going to go see this band? It's like, I'm playing with I'm him. playing in the band. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Hey, listen. <laughs> Uh, it's better to be sitting home with your thumb in your butt, you know. So yeah, that's that's how I met Greg is through Rich, and uh, you know we've all been friends ever since. Yeah, well, and I'm glad we're still doing it. I mean, I was thinking about all this before the, you know, before we're gonna get together today. And I mean, you know, all this six degrees of separation thing. I mean, we grew apart, we grew together, we grew apart. Come back together, yeah. and guess who's last man standing? You yeah. know, we're still we're doing still it. here, kids. And That's right. Same with Joe Galusha, who was yeah. supposed to be here today, but had a, a little. Uh, he will return. I met Joe uh, when he was playing with uh, the Mama Heart Band. Yep. I, I didn't meet Joe till just a, a handful of years ago. I heard that band. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we, you know, yeah. ironically, we we were playing in the same circle. Yeah, I remember him from the Elm Grove Inn and all those Yeah, things. all those old we bars. Elm Grove Inn. Yep. The oh Centurion. I mentioned that in the last podcast. We, we the Centurion. Played I played there. Joe played there with his band. Uh, we played there with Circus. I don't remember any bands at Elm Grove Inn. Yeah, I played Elm Grove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's long gone. Well, I yeah. think, too, the thing I was going to discuss with Joe, and when he comes on, we'll, we, we can, we'll talk about it. But because of him... Um, well, actually, not because of him, but I got to meet him more because I started playing in the 90s with uh, Kevin Hart and those guys. Oh, yeah. Great player. And Great yeah. player. I was playing in uh, in that band with Dick Grammatico, Firecat, for a little while before Ron Rocco came back in. I had gone off to school. I was like, well, I want to go to school. So Nazareth. that's when I went to Nazareth. Oh. But, so I was playing uh, at Dick, Dickie's house. 
and all those guys lived in Gates. Right. So that's I kind of got to be in the Gates group, you know, from that. And uh, you're, in like you're in the click. You're in the click. I am. Minga. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, when you the Minga up there, I'm like, <laughs> he used to call me Schwarzerelli. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, so, you pulled into Nazareth, you felt half past dead. That's right. <laughs> so, we kind of, oh, I'm going to cut you off. I'm sorry. No, no, no go on. So, Steve, so, you, yeah. Steve I've got notes. I got notes. He's kids. actually uh, professional. I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, <laughs> I got a few. So, because we're into I the new year, word, this is our first podcast. For the yes. new year, eventually, finally, yeah, finally, we, we're getting the show together here. So, I just want to wish everybody a happy new year, happy new year, everyone. Happy new year. Yeah, I uh, wish you ha- uh, health, happiness, and prosperity for the new year. And it comes from way down and deep into my heart. You know how serious I am. Surely, you know how serious I am. Uh, uh, don't call me Shirley. Sorry, me while I get sick. So, so uh, <laughs> the names have not been changed for this show because uh, you know we went up. There's no innocent to protect. We're not, we're not innocent. I will check right. the statute of limitations for some of those stories though next yeah. time. Make sure you can. <laughs> I want to wish everyone a happy birthday who's having a birthday this year. So but happy birthday! To, I think that would be everybody we know during yeah. the year. <laughs> I almost didn't make it this morning. Not because of the weather, because I, I ran out of hairspray. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, everybody, seriously. I don't Your hair looks that. perfect for me. Thank you. I, 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 I worked long and hard to get it like this. Trust me. It reminds me a long time ago when I was in London. I met a werewolf at Trader no. <laughs> So years ago, when I first got divorced, I was living with Rich. I moved oh, in. my God. Yeah. yeah so I know living, what you're going to say. I'm living with Rich, and we're getting to go. We're getting ready to go out one night. So, so I'm going to jump in the shower and get ready. And, okay, go ahead. So he jumps in the shower. He's out in like three minutes. He's all done. I go, aren't you going to wash your hair? He goes, I did. I go, well, it's, it's perfect. I go, didn't, I mean, didn't you blow dry it? He goes, I don't have to. <laughs> he, only washes, he only washes the dirty parts, so it doesn't take it. Now, see, you have to understand, when I get in there, my hair is wavy, it's curly. When I get out of the shower after I wash my hair, and I know everybody really wants to know this, that I, I've got to blow dry my hair and style it. Not me. Seriously. So, you know, then there's a little bit of uh, hairspray involved and a little combing, a little more hairspray, and a little more combing, oh a little more God. hairspray. That's why, you know, Rich jumps out, of, jumps out of the shower. He's all done. Boom. He's done. Yeah, he's ready yeah, to go. Yeah. Okay, that's my shower story. <laughs> we did actually in the 80s, okay? Wow. This was the thing for the 80s where we, like, self-touched up with the Miami Don Johnson voice look. We had yeah. this oh, in right. your hair. Yeah. Uh, wear the little white jacket. Yeah. And well, my joke know. is, don't touch my hair. Yeah, right, yeah. That's all. I think appearance is good. I mean, that's one of my big gripes with, with a lot of these bands, especially the part-time bands. And I don't want to put anybody down, but... I do. I, I just don't <laughs> like it when guys... Especially if you're up front. I mean, I don't care if you're behind something, keyboards or, or, or drums or something. But these guys are up front. They're overweight. They got the white sneakers and the mom jeans, and they're just, they look stupid. And they well, just, they look like they put, you no thought, that. they put no thought into the look of going on stage. Ladies and gentlemen, mm. thank you for listening. This will be our last podcast for the year. We're going off the air after this one. Actually, no. next time we're all going to wear tuxedos. So, yeah. so I, I do agree with Greg. I do. Um, here's the thing. Here's what, here's what the problem is. It's not really a problem, but it is a problem. We grew up in a, you know, we're all the same age. We're all 39. So we grew up in an age that, uh, you know, coming up with the Beatles and, and the British invasion and the American groups, 
everyone wore the same outfits, classy outfits. Look at the beat, what the Beatles did. Right. Ryan yeah, Epstein yeah. made them go from biker-looking leather pants, leather jackets, right. and put them in suits and ties. Okay, he made them a class act. So everyone was following the Beatles. So when we got into bands... In the in the late sixties, always wore the black pants. We we all you know. we all dressed alike. We followed the process and the pattern. Right. Uh, we used to go to well, there was a couple of nice stores down on uh, West Main Street oh, yeah. that sold Goldstein's. Goldstein's. Yeah. We used to go to Goldstein's. We bought suits. We bought matching pants. What was Beansies? Is that it was a Beansies. I never, I never shopped there. We went to Goldstein's. To me, was that a was the place to go. To but see, then in the 70s, I went to the Army Navy stores and started buying the Army jackets and stuff. Well, that, the 70s oh, got yeah, yeah. Then Runny, things changed. Yeah. Yeah. Then things changed because yeah. guess what? The Beatles changed. They weren't dressing alike anymore. They right. they, they, they followed a different uh, a different style. And, and, you know, I've been reading the Beatles, this book called Beatles in 66, and it talks about the transition from them being, you know, the the lovable mop tops that uh, everybody, you know, was uh, all the girls were in love with. Too, they all had an, an identity. They were getting older. We were all getting a little well, older, that and that had to be tough for them too. Well, you know, in the '66, and it, it's only a couple of years from from '64, obviously, from '64 to '66. So much changed, and that we don't realize. You know, it, when we were kids, we're listening to the music. We're all happy go lucky. It's it's this and that. But reading what they actually went through from city to city, they were under a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure between recording and, uh, and performing right. and PR, PR, the PR. Some of the things that yeah, John Lennon said. The stupid things they were asked. Oh, what's your favorite color? Well, uh, did you cut your hair today? When was your last... You know, stupid questions. And it would be like that in city to city to city. Kind of like what we're doing today. How about when, was, bump. when when Lennon said he was, that Beatles were more popular than Jesus Christ, boy? Well, what a, wow. it was misconstrued. It was. In some respects, it was true. No, I know what he was saying. Yeah. Yeah. But there was a, a, a backlash. Uh, but well, you know all the, the burn the Beatles. I've uh, watched a lot of things. Yeah, in yeah. Cleveland, I think it was. I've watched a lot of things where he's defending that. Yeah. Right. And if you would just, if people would have just listened to what he was trying to say. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, kind of like said, Trump. So misunderstood. Yeah, but I mean, the thing yeah, is, the sound bites that we hear, you hear somebody so, so and so said, yeah. you don't get the context. It was literally, yeah. what he was trying to say literally was, People are more into us. They know more about yeah, us than yeah. they know about religion. But exactly. I would tell anybody, That's all he was if you have it say. around your house, just for what we were saying, go look at those greatest hits albums, the Beatles, like 1963 to 67, 67, Look on the one side, then look at the other, how they changed over yeah, about it. They changed mm -hmm. it constantly, and that's what made them so successful. They didn't stay into a pattern. They, they changed from album to album, not only the music, but their looks. They were they geniuses. Were, they had the right, you know, that was one of the, the, the notes I, uh, I, I, I jotted down was, you know, thinking back um, from when they started, how old were they? They were 20 years old. George is underage. George was, <laughs> yeah, George was 19. When they, when they hit the 64, um, I believe Ringo and John were 21. 
Paul was 20. 64, no, 64. They were born in 1940. George was born in 1940, right. My oldest brother was born in 24. Thank you for correcting my man. I'm weird with dates for birthdays. It's okay. Like, I was I, born in 1988. I was the only senior in a, in a freshman algebra class, and I just still didn't pass it. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, they, they, they came across the best manager by accident. It was a total accident with Brian Epstein. That's for sure. He heard them and, and took over managing their career. The best manager you could ever have, best promotion right. guy. They had the best producer. better than Steve Pies. Best producer with George Martin. <laughs> by, by don't, inter- sight. don't interrupt me. I don't have to slap you. <laughs> the best arranger with uh, with George Martin. They accidentally came across, actually, he came across them was Ed Sullivan. He saw them uh, in, in England at the airport. They were coming back, I believe, from, uh, was it Sweden or Germany? Oh, he but they were all the hubbub. He, all the, the hubbub at the airport. Ed Sullivan just happened to be there that right. night. Not because he was out looking for him. It was just a coinky dink. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. So yeah. they got all these stars. They're all in alignment for these guys. It was just, um, don't forget, they were talented. I mean, And, you on, know, I always it. have felt the Beatles, they were like the template for what's now sort of the cliche rock thing. It's like, okay, my school buddies and I, we're going to get together and we're going to, you know, we're going to be famous. And then, you know, I think they just, and then they got, they separated because they grew up and and then they tried to be their own persons and people didn't like them because they weren't (laughs) cute. And they were, they just became like the whole archetype. Yeah. You know, it's weird if you've Rock ever and roll read, bands, you know? there's a book I read years ago called Beatles Forever. Mm-hmm. It's about this kid who grew up with them. And now for me, I was glad when they changed, but he, when he saw Rubber Soul, he flipped because he was so used to the Beatles and how they had their hair and everything. Yeah, right. He was quote unquote mad at them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was. it's really hard to, to watch that stuff to change and you know yeah like you're not supposed to evolve or something you know now now you know we're all these years uh, all these years later uh you know and looking back because i i do read a lot about them and i and i listen to them a lot and i understand a lot more today than when i was a kid right you know you read these books and you say oh they dissect their everyday life between recording and living, and you understand why they had to stop touring. Right. You know, we didn't want that. As kids, we didn't want that. It was a sad day when they announced they weren't going to tour anymore. But looking back now, with all the, really, the Beatle, the mania, Beatle mania, it was insanity. Yeah. It was crazy. And I, I still, to this day, have a hard time understanding, with all the, all the help that they were getting... Why they did not have a proper PA of some sort. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. I mean, they played these huge stadiums, these huge venues, and had these. But they didn't put any money behind them. Wow. It's, it's no. like maybe because it didn't matter in a way. Like if somebody asked me who I'd want to see, then it would be the Who. Because the Beatles, if you go to the show, they hated it as musicians because they couldn't hear over the screaming. They didn't even have. They didn't even have stage monitors. Right, and I'm saying like uh, six or seven years later. You got these huge PAs. It's like, well, how could that? They didn't just get invented. Technology I mean, got better. He's going to all 11. of a sudden. I know. He's going to you 11. know, I mean, even even bands back in the day, you know, they had <coughs> columns or something. I mean, I don't know why they didn't have something. Yeah, it makes yeah exactly. It makes sense. It's like you question that. I mean, you ever watch that one video where they're playing at Washington State? 
the Beatles play at Washington State, and they had Ringo on this round. The thing. round. And the thing falls apart, and he's got to move he's, it around. Yeah, it's facing the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they set it up, and they got his that. drums facing the wrong way, and he's out there turning yeah. the drum laser yeah. around. Yeah. Mm, so pretty funny. Before we go any farther, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Andy Calabrese, who's in the uh, on the mixing board in, in in the sound room. Hi, Andy, and uh, thanks for doing things for us here. Appreciate it. He's making the cannolis for afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Behind the scenes, Andy's in the in the. I mean, in fact, talk he is our George Martin. Actually, actually, he, he is. is. <laughs> he makes it sound good. And where did we meet Andy? I remember going to. I didn't know Andy back in uh, in high school because he went to BK. Yeah, and uh, right. we're all once again we're all thirty nine. It's funny yeah. that we're all the same age. Here he comes! I can see his feet. We were marching. We were marching band. We were marching band, buddy. He's got something to say. Go ahead, Andy. Yeah, we'll turn it over to Andy. Quiet today. Are you? Nothing to say. Nothing to say. What did Andy play in the marching band? Clarinet. Clear not? No yeah, kidding. Yeah. Wow. Don't spread that around. <laughs> Did you well, travel I, to Ireland, too? Three times. Wow, okay. man. And that was Hi, some, uh, <laughs> some great times. Yes. We hit cool. all the pubs, 14 years old. Yeah. We reached the top of the bar, they served you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you remember going to that girls, we went to a girls school? It was in a small town. Yeah, and the girl had a broken arm. And... Why'd you break her arm anyway? <laughs> no. So she had a broken arm, and and she wanted the band guys to sign her cast. So a bunch of us signed the cast, and then we were back somewhere. I forget wherever we were staying or something. And somebody said that somebody was on the phone for somebody in the marching band, and I don't know. It turned out it was this. It was one of the girls from that school wanted to know if we could come out and go to a party. I don't mm. Yeah, I don't know if I took the call, and I was just like, damn, because we couldn't get away because we had chaperones and oh, sure. courts and whoever else was there keeping an eye on us. And I was like, damn. So it was like, <laughs> I almost was an international lover, but uh, it was not meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> Probably In downtown Dublin. I believe so. Yeah. Pretty wild scene. Yeah, it was. Wow. I managed to get out to a record store and bought a couple records. And then stuff. remember, scenery went to London too. I think I might not have done that. Went one. to the London Palladium, which is kind of like the Fillmore yeah. east of London. Yeah. And watching the Stone the Crows. Mm. Oh right, I was there. That was electrifying. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. They were a great band. Well, okay. I met Andy uh, through uh, Primetime Funk. That uh, years later, after high school, many years later. But we used to, we, we used to, that's when we were started going out together. Oh, yeah. I remember when um, we went out together. Maybe even before yeah, you yeah. were in the band. Secret Life. Who was it? Todd East. Oh were wow! You, really? Were you Todd in the band with Todd? Uh, no? no, no. Originally it was Todd. Right. And then we did some. Occasionally it's the two of us. Okay. Because we went to a New Year's Eve wow. with the girls. Yeah, yeah. At the Holiday Inn downtown, and Todd was the lead singer with Jimmy, Jimmy Richmond, mm-hmm. and Todd. Right. Okay, that's but that I believe right. was before you. It yeah. was a fun night. We had a lot that of fun. That was a good night. night. Yeah, I remember it was a very snowy night. Shocking. Yeah, yeah shocking. All right. Bye, Andy. Thank you, Andy. Thank you for your input. Now get out. Turn him off. So I got back into music after, you know, we were 
losers. And they we were in and out. Yeah, we talked we, about we that. Put, we used to put the L on our foreheads. Loser. <laughs> we go out. Yeah. We're, in the, we're on the other side of the stage. We're out in the audience, which yeah. I enjoyed it. I'll be honest with you. I enjoyed it. There were so many good bands back in the 90s and... Uh, well, it comes after the nineties, the two thousands, <laughs> and uh, so we were we were going out quite a bit. I mean, otherwise you're sitting home with your thumb in your butt watching the television mm-hmm. with the remote. Well, Rich had all these remotes. I thought he's got oh, the best yeah. toys. Yeah, he, I, I named all his remotes. He's, he get over, go over his house and he's got them all, all his remotes lined yeah. up on the uh, the end table like a uh, meaty, beady, big and bouncy. I named them all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. a good question though. I've never thought of all these years of music being. Playing when you go to gigs and you're watching, is there a bit of a different perspective? Like you look and go, okay, this guy's having problems with this, or this guy's doing this, or. Well, I think as you get older, you start being more of a critic. I hate to say it, you know, things jump out at you that if they're good, you know, I'll give all the credit in the world. If you're bad, if you're, you know, you're going, you know, and everybody tries. I said this the last time. Everyone tries out there. Everybody plays their own game. I play, you know, my style. Rich plays, uh, Greg, he's a drummer. He plays his style. So, you know, I don't criticize, any, criticize anybody like that. But We hear their mistakes, though. We just don't well, say that's anything. What I was saying. You can <laughs> tell if somebody's having a bad night or something. Yeah. You, can tell, you can relate to it. It happens to all of oh, us. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Joe, uh, Joe, uh, Joe Pizzo called me up a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I was at uh, Smoking Joe's for uh, Joe Pizzo's birthday, and uh, the LPs were playing. And, of course, it's Joe's birthday. The place is mobbed. Everybody's there to, right. to wish Joe a happy birthday, and, and, and a lot of his friends and family were there. So they, the band takes a break, and he's, he's mingling, of course. He knows everybody. So he comes up to me, Stevie, you want to you know, play uh, for a little bit? I said, Joe, I'll be honest with you, I'm rusty, man. I said, I really don't. Really? What? I, no, I don't want to play. But thank you. Thank you. I don't want to play. So he goes out, he goes back out there. He's talking to everybody. Well, the band's getting antsy. The band's on stage now without Joe. So, you know, and Joe's still talking. So you're forced up there. So I said, you know what? I'll go up and play That's a couple right. of times. <laughs> so I did. I went up. And uh, we're doing all. We will break out into an Almond Brothers tune that I played all the time, all the time with uh, my current band, Third Degree. I'm playing the drums in the middle of the song. Don't I drop the stick right in the middle of a flipping song? It's like, come on, come on. This is why I didn't want to go up and play. Uh-huh. So you know, you, you get rusty if you're not playing all the time, uh-huh. even That's trying true. to hold on to a stick. I enjoy that stuff though. It's like in Don Felder's book. He was pissed at Don Henley because. Every show had to be just like the album. I mean, you can right. go to the yeah. album at home. Yeah. You know, I like like when I'm the only person when Black Oak, Arkansas played at the festival tent and Jim Danny was drunk and fell off the stage. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like this is awesome. This is live rock and roll. <laughs> Jim Dandy, is that his real name? Or is Jim Dandy Mangrum. That's is it? Okay. Yeah. Jim Dandy. Well, you know, it's funny. We were talking mm-hmm. about like all the places we used to go and things. New York is New York State is probably fairly popular for that because <clears throat> I was watching a documentary and now I'm lo- losing track of what band it was um, it wasn't I watched a really good thing on Joan Jett the other day that if I, Bad Reputation if you get a chance that's on the streaming things check yeah. it out it's really really good but there was another band um, well, there's a big band you think I can remember the name but anyway they were in Hollywood and they were trying to get their thing going and they said, screw it. And they just, they came to New York City. Their manager said, well, let's go to New York City. And next thing you know, 
there's all these places because all these bars had bands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, Syracuse and this area. And, uh, it was, oh, I think it was the Joan Jet thing. Yeah, because they were trying to do the <laughs> L.A. thing. And the guy goes, well, look, he puts a map down. And he goes, look, look at all these these places that are within a few hours. And so that's why she got into the punk scene in New York City. Which I didn't realize the Runaways were such a punk band because I wasn't really into them. Yeah, I wasn't and they, either. They watched, They showed some of the footage. Oh, my yeah. God. They were like, it, it was like a bug jar show. Is that right? Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. And they were like, kind of like, uh, all that 90s stuff really like hit me. It was like, wow, they were, that was like the era where I started paying attention to more stuff. Yeah. And speaking of Rochester, Buffalo, Syracuse, I mean, there's a lot of great uh, bands in all three cities. What bothers me the most is when... You're I'm not in those bands. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not in those bands. Exactly. I, I just, maybe even one would be nice. <laughs> not like Greg 100. <laughs> I know. Greg, 100 this Greg what band are you not playing with this week? <laughs> the one I had the rehearsal with, like 1230. So the promoters on a national level, it's like... Up and down the throughway, we're between Rochester and Syracuse. It's about an hour and 20, 25 minutes. Rochester to Buffalo, an hour, 20, 25 minutes. Right. Why? The $64,000 question is, why don't these promoters book these bands and have them go right down the throughway right. in a matter of a handful, even five days, a five days uh, a span to play Syracuse, Rochester and then go to Buffalo or start in Buffalo, come to Rochester. I, I just never understood it. I've seen they'll totally skip Rochester and go Buffalo to Syracuse or Syracuse to Buffalo. Hello, we're Rochester. We're right in the middle. Well, Thank the, you. The band The Seven used to come here. They were from Syracuse. Jam Factory, they yeah, were from Jam, Syracuse. Jam Factory. I haven't answered your question, though. Yeah. Yeah. It would make sense. Uh, yeah, we used to say I brought that up at Kodak. I used to say that why don't why don't we do that? Uh, because it would make sense. Oh, it doesn't make well, sense. I think that's why we do it. We're seen as such a conservative city for some reason, and the other places are seen as like blue collary. And I just, I mean, we are too, but not as much as they are. And they, I think, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, and I just think those people go out at night more. As simple as that. The hmm. promotions or the owners, whoever owns the Rochester War Memorial Blue Cross Arena, uh, uh, remodeled it a bunch of years ago uh, with the intent of booking bigger shows, better shows. I'm not so sure if that's happened. I mean, every once in a while we do get a great show there, but not on the not on a regular basis. Uh, you know, you're, you're really waiting in between no, shows. That's one I remember not going to, but I was trying to get to the little, and it was all pa- I, I had to cut all around Washington Street because Bob Seger was playing. Bob but in my yeah. day, yeah. back in the day when it was the War Memorial, I would be going every month. Yeah. To something really good yeah. for under fifteen dollars, yeah. under ten a couple times. I've seen some great shows there, no doubt. I mean, over the years, I mean, never saw no doubt there. <laughs> no doubt, no, no doubt. They didn't make it. Seen Sinatra there. In fact, I got. I remember that show. I didn't seen Sinatra. There you go. I wanted yeah. to go. Bought the tickets for the family for that one. My mom was a huge Sinatra fan. In fact, it was her birthday, and she was going away for the uh, for the winter months, and the tickets were going on sale. When she was going to be away, she says, Stevie, can you buy the tickets for me for for Sinatra? I go, yeah, I'll try, Mom. Well, my intentions were to buy the tickets, not tell her, and give them to her for her birthday when she got back. 
So we were talking on the phone when she was in Florida. She goes, Stevie, did you get the tickets? I go, and I lied to her, of course. I said, oh, gee, Mom, I'm sorry. They sold out. I couldn't get I tried so hard. Uh, and they sold out. So uh, oh, she was so disappointed, you know. I had to do it. I had to lie to her. Yeah. So she gets back, and uh, her birthday was in, was in April, and I gave her her birthday card and the tickets. Well, she opens her birthday card, and the tickets fall out for Sinatra. She was like floating on air. I've never seen anybody so happy to get, you know, to And then she slapped you for lying. You yeah. told you never lied to me. Never lied to me. I've got to so. i got to ask Rich real quick. So how did you... Did you, you had some spaces in between, right, when you weren't playing? Oh, sure. So how did this back-in-town thing happen? Oh, wow. You know, it's it's word of mouth. It's crazy. But, um, you know, I I, I uh, used to fill in for the Coops once in a while. Right. And um, then one time, I, I they got me up on stage to play. Uh, Jonathan Tucker was playing. And, oh, okay. And so he liked the way I played, and then he... Referred me to Mitty and the followers. Oh, nice. So I used to I used to play with them once in a while. That's cool. They're they're fun to play. With. Oh yeah, and then uh, I knew Paul Fricano from uh, okay. Roll the Dice. Okay. And because I knew he was in the band Our Gang, Louis Rossigliano. Right. And, and yeah, well, I played with him in the wedding band. Okay. The swing ship thing. Yeah. So anyway. right. So yeah. So Paul called me about because they needed a keyboard player for Roll the Dice. They were going to play at Schooners. Oh, well, I didn't get—I didn't make the first job because Steph Henry was was—they uh, were having trouble with him for some reason. I know, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> there, there was something going on. There's a story here. Okay, well, uh, okay. there was something going on. But anyway, he hired a hitman. Steph hit quit the band. <laughs> Yeah, Steph quit the band. That's what we hear. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So I filled in for them, and I was going to join them, but then I was already in Skyway with Gary Mara. Okay. And I said, well, I can't join. Roll the dice. They're playing a lot, and they're playing way far, like Naples and all that oh, stuff. Wow. Yeah, they were playing far all the time. So I said, well, I'll stay with Skyway. And then while I was in Skyway, now Skyway started playing these far gigs. For some reason, they couldn't get into Rochester anymore. Huh. I don't know why. So then Joe Donsbach from Roll the Dice uh, was talking to Mark Mazo of Back in Town. So um, he said, we got a you know, really, really good seasoned keyboard player. Um, Joe said, he's really good. He says, why don't you try him out? But he's overcooked. As well as well, Steve. Oh, that's right, right. And you yeah. chase. So, so, so. Anyways, uh, yeah, I I, uh, I went for the audition, and I was only going to be with them for four months because Neil, their regular keyboard player, was going away to Florida. He went away every winter. He was a snowbird. Yeah. Went every winter, but every time he went, it was getting more and more. I guess that right. he was going away. So he decided to keep me on full time, which was go. great because it's a great working band. Got um, Lenny uh, Clifford on lead vocals; she's fantastic. Yeah, she's really good. Mark is great on guitar, mm -hmm. and uh, we got two horns, and it's just a great band, and everybody gets along, and it, it packs the dance floor every gig, and I have a ball. Yeah, so it's amazing how. But you have to stay in the loop. You have to stay in the loop, and, and you have to you have to be a a positive guy and and have a good reputation. Right, so that's important. Oh, I yeah. got a good reputation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. That was a nice yeah, story. I was, I was almost I, tears in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I got tears in my yeah, eyes. Yeah, so. And then I'm in Three Hits and a Mess, too. That's another 
thing that we got going. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we're oh. doing, um, um, like, summer jobs and the uh, gazebos and stuff oh, like cool. that. We got a few. Oh, that's right. Cool. Yeah, you sent me something. Nick Russo's our... Uh, He's a drummer, but he's the lead singer with uh, Brenda Weber okay. and uh, Louis Rossigliano on guitar, me on keyboards, and we have a good time, too. Sweet. Well, that's yeah. good, man. That's yeah. good. I'm, I'm so glad that you're still in it. Yeah, I mean, that's like, makes me feel good. It's like, man, you know, like we, we just come out of it. I wish you and I could play together sometime. Yeah, well, we'll get there sometime. <laughs> yeah, we will. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I well, maybe I can get you on some of the r- original stuff. That's right. You I want to do some re-recording. That's right. You were going to get that stuff to me. Yeah, I will. All right, great. Back in the 90s when I, we were I, hanging I, out, I, I was trying to get him, because he wasn't playing, I wasn't playing. I was trying to get didn't the, want the, to play the masquerade thing. Uh, I didn't want to play that. Reu- yeah. Have a reunion of masquerade for the masquerade back together. For the rare people who don't know Greg... And what he plays. Imagine Phil Collins in the 1980s. But <laughs> more work. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, not so much anymore. Well, I stay as busy as I can at this point. But yeah. thank you. Sure you do. Of course you need the money. I do. <laughs> uh, what, what little money there is to me. But you know what? Steve, you look like you're going to say something. It, it, it comes in handy. You know, you might balk at it, 80 bucks, 90 whatever it is. But you know what? It's better than dipping in your bank account. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this week, we're celebrating 60 years of the Beatles. It's Beatlemania all over again in some respects. Um, they, re- they released four, I think it was four albums uh, in 64 that uh, kept everybody uh, delivering newspapers and collecting bottles and cans. <laughs> yeah, right. But <laughs> a lot of people don't realize this, but introducing the Beatles was it was on VJ Records. That was actually the first American release. They had the tan cover. In right. fact, let me hold it up so everybody can see. Really do a, hair. a zoom in shot. Oh, wait a minute. I thought we were on TV. No. <laughs> I thought this was a TV show. I don't see no cameras. No. We have so, faces for radio, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I still have a copy of the Savage Young Beatles. With, Savage with Young Beatles with the yellow, yeah, the yellow copy uh, has a yellow border on it. Yeah. yeah Savage Young Beatles. And all that but thing. introducing the Beatles was on VJ Records. It was released this week on January 10th. 1964, so 60 years ago. It's hard to believe that many years have gone by. Followed by Meet the Beatles. That's the the black uh, the black and white cover with a shadow uh, of right. or just a picture of the Beatles' faces up close. Uh, that came out 10 days later on January 20th, and that stayed at number one for 11 consecutive weeks when it was released as opposed to the introducing the Beatles on VJ, and that came in at number two for nine consecutive weeks on the uh, the U.S. album charts. Um, interesting stuff going back then. I mean, everything was the Beatles. And then we got the Ed Sullivan yeah, that, anniversary they, coming up. Yeah, right? they didn't oh. even hit Ed Sullivan yet. February. This was all just on records and uh, news footage of... These four mop top guys with this long like hair. Watching that on Sunday, yeah. maybe the rascals you know, on there. It's so funny when you think about all the stuff, all the output of the Beatles, and how hard they worked. They only did it for six years. Six I years. know. Well, you know, overall, if you want to get technical, it was really more ten. It was ten because right, if right. you count you the know, uh, since their inception. But yeah, I mean, the you can go back to maybe nineteen fifty-seven yeah. with John and Paul. Yeah, if you yeah. Want to. yeah, yeah. It was you know it was a stepping stone. Every uh, every couple of years, something new would happen. But by the time they got Pete Best, 
That was around, what, 62, I think it I was? I think so, yeah. And but, I mean, uh, bands would kill to have six years' worth of success. Sure. Could you yeah. imagine, though, oh, yeah. now, if they were around, you might get one album out? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Tom Schultz, you know, eight years between records. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. They, while they were all, all still alive, there was always that big glimmer of hope that they would reunite. Yeah. And uh, and play just one more time. Was it Sid, Sid Bernstein offered them, I don't know what, big money, millions of dollars to uh, to get back together when they were all still alive. Yeah. And, uh, of course, it didn't happen. They were asked to get together well, like the politics. UN, the UN, and the okay, uh, Peter Best never hung himself. <laughs> he got fired. I know. And they said to get somebody oh, else. Oh, yeah, there was a, yeah, it was a fundraiser. And they, yeah. the biggest yeah, offer was on Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> can you imagine being Peter Best back then? That's a toughie. Can, uh, can, 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 can we talk? I mean, the, the host is talking over here, Rich. Oh, yeah, he's a rookie. He doesn't know how this works. No, we're doing Beatles. We're doing monotone back when you like <laughs> But you're right. Uh, there was there was an episode on Saturday Night Live where there was a joke. Was was one of them on? on George Harrison. Was Harrison he, on? No, Lauren no, Michaels said, okay, it was like $3,000. Come on. When George Harrison came on, there was a joke about, well, no, I meant 3000 for all four. But uh-huh. I'll, give you, I'll give you an extra honor if you stay live from New York on Saturday night. Well, John was watching at home. The joke home. goes, him and Paul were in the Dakota watching, and they thought about driving down. Right, right, right. Okay. That didn't happen, sadly. That no. would have been wild. No. Well, John didn't want to leave like, Yoko. I'm still pissed at Yoko. <laughs> she couldn't sing for crap either. Oh, come on. Well, why, some why books have her as a real, real villain she, with some of the bios. Come on. She was horrible. Oh, man. You're too critical. Critical. You Who would like back, her? Though. They were, she, wasn't she has a fan bad. base. <laughs> she has a fan base. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> so moving right along before we get sued. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. You know, he, he's got the I Hate Yoko fan club. He's got <laughs> t-shirts. Yeah, I, met this guy, I met this guy. He had a t-shirt on. It's, uh, <laughs> it was funny because it said... And I'm still pissed at Yoko. Yeah, I know. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Funny, yeah. So what were we listening to? The guy the... was in love and nobody wanted him to Oh, my him. God. Yeah. So what were the top uh, the top LPs 50 years ago? It's 50 years, uh, 1974. We're, we're, we're jumping from 64 now to 74. And the top LPs. Probably that we were, rock we, nonsense. Right? Well, it was a mixture. You know, there, there was a. Uh, I looked on on Wikipedia what the top albums were from uh, 1974, and there was like obviously a hundred of them out there that that were released that year. More than that, of course, but the top the top 100. And uh, I made a few notes here on what I was listening to and what I was playing because by '74 we had started Circus. And we were playing the the, the Rochester uh, music scene here, but I was listening to the Doobie Brothers, and I think everybody right. was. In '74, they had released what were once uh, Vices are now Habits, and they had Black Water on that album. Another Park, Another Sunday, Eyes of Silver, which I really dig. It's an album cut. I don't know if it was ever released as a single, but Eyes of Silver was a great tune by the by the Doobies. Pretzel Logic, Steely Dan. I think we were all into that. Yeah, I love that. Um, see, I was into the funk and soul, too. So I'm listening to Barry White, Average White Band. Love that. That's, the White Album is actually their second album. Yeah, that's okay. a good album. That, That's the one that really made them, you know. Uh, They're great live, too. 
Oh, absolutely. Back uh, also in '74, Tower Power back to Oakland. That was the album that was out by them. Um, what else? I got a few notes here. Can I Speaking of right? Tower of Power, yeah. how sad that David yeah, uh, Garibaldi is yeah. uh, not going to tour anymore. Garibaldi is uh, uh, a long, time. long, long time. Taking a break from the road. He's not totally retiring, but he's retiring from the band because the, their schedule is, is grueling. That's ridiculous. It's, it's crazy. You used to have a, fan, a friend or two in the band, but after that comment, I'm not <laughs> No, no, I'm saying it's ridiculous how much they played out oh. for their age. How much, you know, touring they did. Well, unfortunately, the money is in live performance yeah. now. Yeah. And oh, the yeah. streaming thing ruined a lot of things. Yeah. Sure it did. Yeah. So, what else have I got here? Oh, going back to the... Um, to We'll move along from Richard's insulting remarks. Uh, it, wasn't, it, it was not insulting. I was saying it's, you know, never mind. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Rock and roll. Here we go. Yeah. Twin Peaks by Mountain. No, Anybody listening to Mountain? Lively West rules. Yeah. That was always more my Montrose and, and Mountain. and That was where, where I, I was going I wasn't crazy about that other stuff as much. Because I, I was playing the disco stuff. And to me, it was just, uh, I got to do this stuff to make money. But I really liked the harder rock stuff when it yeah, coming yeah, out. Yeah. Stuff with the harmonies. Like with the Doobie Brothers, I mean they right. had the vocals oh, yeah. where it was it was it was ballsy rock and roll with with, with great vocals, you know. Um, what else? I, was, I still love the Hollies. The Hollies were still doing it in '74, ten years after the British invasion. I was still a big Hollies fan. They're still doing it with a uh, with two original members uh, in the band. Their drummer, um, and then of course I, I'm going to go blank right now. I just went. Alan went Clark to, or whoever. Alan's retired. Oh. He, he just did come back out of retirement. It came out of retirement and recorded an album on his own. Oh, wow. So, yeah, he's still singing a little bit here and there. Uh, going back to the soul and the funk. Stevie Wonder, Fulfilling This, was, was, was out in 74. Cold Blood. I know, Rich, you, you love Cold Blood. I still love Cold Blood. Yeah. You, you can talk. Yeah. I can talk. <laughs> you got about two, big enough for two rows of teeth, and I can talk. <laughs> <laughs> you do have more than one. <laughs> the Isley Brothers, three. I love the three plus three band when they finally, uh, you know, they broke out. Who's that lady? The, the with uh, Ernie Isley. I'll right. tell you, a very underrated guitar player, Ernie Isley. Mm. I love him, man. He's like a Jimi Hendrix. No, he's great. I have some of his single stuff. Yeah, Ernie Isley's a, the bomb, man. He's he's great. Back to square one, that song. So, what's on your playlist now? Some of these same things. Some of these same things, really. Uh, to be honest with you, I still love the Jay Giles band. Nightmares was out at that point in time. Uh, I was listening to Rufus. Yes, a little bit on the more prog stuff with right. the band Yes. And uh, th those are the, the albums My that poor came Big Star probably didn't even make the top 100. <laughs> poor Alex. Who was it? Big Star. Big Star. Big Star. Yeah. Oh, that's Alex uh, uh, Chilton. Chilton, yeah. yeah. From the box top. And I was actually doing some of I'm getting mm. really into Thin Lizzy at the moment. Thin Lizzy, as they pronounce it. It's named after a robot. And, uh, the <laughs> thing. But they really, like, until Jailbreak hit, they never really broke it in terms of sales. Right, right. Mm. Yeah, that was a good rock and roll band. They're still together. Bill Lynott, to me, embodied cool, too. There was just something. Yep. And the way he wrote, he was a lot more intelligent. Yeah. The usual, you know... Let's rock and roll, though. <laughs> yeah. So, Rich, what's on your playlist these days? What are you listening to? 
Well, I, I listen to, I still listen to 70s and 80s. You know, I got the Sirius XM and all that. And I listen to all that stuff. I'm serious. I listen to everything. I was listening though. to Ozzy's Boneyard on the way over here. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to the, just about everything. You know, I, whatever, you know, I'm in the mood for for that day or yeah. whatever, you know. I love Mike yeah. Murray's show on Saturday afternoons. Hi, Mike. <coughs> Give you a little plug. Oh, he's a regular. Yeah. Yep, so, yeah, from 4 to 6 on Saturday afternoons, and Mike plays a wide variety of uh, everything. I mean, some obs- a lot of obscure stuff. He usually flips over the, the hit songs and plays the B-sides. And if you pay him enough, he'll play one of your songs. Uh, <laughs> no, what station is that? It's 88.5. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah, 88.5. And also, too, as I know Greg's got to take off pretty soon, uh, we have to do a shout-out to Danny Doyle. Oh, yeah, Danny. Hey, Congratulations, Danny. Danny. I had that actually marked down here. Maybe you saw it. Congratulations. Yeah, everything comes from in here, the yeah. brain. Okay. Maybe oh, best Danny. place to hang out or best bar or whatever. Well, he got the award for the best live music venue, small, the small uh, um, live music venue. He got the award. It's like best of local, best of regional. He pulls yeah. them all in. Yeah, yeah that's, that's great. great. Well, he does a good job. I mean, he's a great guy, and, you know, he gets the acts in there, and he does what he can do. You know, I, with I, his budget, so mm-hmm. I love seeing the before and after pictures on the on the Facebook page there with uh, what it used to look like. It right. was, I think it was boarded up when he bought it. Wow! Yeah, the, the, the building. It's was a boarded. nice place inside. I, I never hear really the is. end of it though from him there. And I think the first time I went there, I went the wrong way on Gibbs Street. When I ended up at the Cadillac Hotel, <laughs> maybe I should turn around. And turn yeah. away. Yeah. You know, I'm going to try and cut the Chris Duarte show because I want to see Chris Duarte. In that small place. Well, because I've only seen him outside. Okay. And I just want to see this guy play quietly. Because uh, I don't know about that. The last time he was there, everybody said he played to fit the room. Oh, yeah, and so I would, like to, I would like to hear that, yeah. I've seen him a couple of years back, and I'm, I am glad I brought earplugs because he, he really was loud. Too loud for that room and that particular uh, show. Well, that's not. I mean, well, I'm just saying. I asked Danny particularly that. I said, wasn't okay. he really like crazy loud? And he, no, no, it was good. He, he likes playing loud. That's mm. his thing. Yeah. You know. Oh. In fact, I didn't. I I didn't know where his amplifiers were. He had a, he had even with he had them covered up with their coats and stuff, and, and <laughs> it was still loud. Mm-hmm. He had the, the amps covered up. But um, yeah, Duarte's an incredible guitar player. Well, I know Danny, and I know his sister Liz. Oh, yeah. She's my wife's best friend. Oh, wow. She's an attorney. And uh, my wife used to, oh, used to do all the... She was like a paralegal, did all the work for the lawyers there. Oh, yeah. For the, for the city. Yeah. I'm not an attorney, but I played one on TV once. Right. <laughs> yeah. I used to work for Dewey Cheatham and Howe. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's always a great place. And I always love to look at his this calendar. It's like, how do you get this person? How do you get this person? Really? And you get these up... Like, I saw Allie Venable there, and now she's... She won't be play, playing a smaller venue like that now. Yeah. You know, it's one place where Rob and I kind of met, bonded over is all this comic book stuff and geek stuff and sci-fi. Who are you, Greg? No. Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> um, never you know, you find me getting into that deep. stuff when I was in school. And who's laughing now? <laughs> he was a he big was little monkey. Greg was a big geek. <laughs> and a, and he's, it's like the Big Bang people, you know, the, the Big Bang right. Theory. And oh look how God. popular that's all become. Oh, that's, that's so popular. And, you know, people spending crazy money and going oh, yeah. to comic conventions and yeah. Yeah. dressing up like, dressing up, yeah, dressing up like a character. I'm not doing that. I don't know. No, you know, me either. 
But Greg's got to go soon, and I think this has been. We'll have to come back for another. You guys have been great. Thank you, Rob. This, no, this has been. Thanks this for what having the carnival's us. about a bunch of people just shooting the bull, having fun. Right, right. That's cool. Well, what's coming up for everybody? I don't know. Um, Rich and I are going to go out in the parking lot and have a fist fight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, come down here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll delay it a half hour. Everybody show up. I'll take bets. <laughs> well, come see back in town at My Wine and Cheese 2 in Fairport. And We're playing there on March 9th. March 9th. I'll tell you, yeah. Fairport's getting a lot of. Like, Fairport COVID, is Park yep. Street, yeah. the way they, the venues, really hot, yeah, some have closed, but new things will come yeah, in. Yeah, Smoking Hot Chicks closed, that was awful. They've got, uh, the Capone's closed on Empire. Did they? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, they just did. Yeah, yeah they just did. Yeah. They tried, I'll tell you, they did a great job there. They, they tried did. really, really hard. They booked some of the, some great bands in there. Yes, Rich they played there several times. I was times. talking about, and they get a shout out to my good pals, Chuck, and Funny for a drum roll sushi in uh, Geneseo. But it's tough, tough business. It's, uh, sure it is. I think it it's 90% 90 fail rate for restaurants. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sadly, that's the truth. It uh, is. Ba uh, bars have a life expectancy, and it's not always very long. You ever want to do yeah. something? Maybe we'll do this on another show. But every night, like every year, I'll take out like a piece of paper. I'll write down every bar, club, restaurant I've been to that's gone. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I think sometimes, too, bands, I hate to say it, but I've heard some stories. I mean, some bands come in with really stupid demands. Yeah. And, you know, you can't be asking for seven or $800, and you just can't. It, yeah. it, 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 it's just not easy. Unless you've right. got a following. If you've got a following, and you're putting asses in the seats, and I've well, said this for true. a long time. Yeah. You know, uh, you've got to play what people want to hear. You can't be out there always playing what, you know, your stuff. Right. What That's do, what we do with back in town. What people want to hear? You're, you, if you're selling widgets and nobody's buying widgets, then you shouldn't be selling widgets. Right. Okay? And when you it's our business. There is a scene for the original thing, and those are the clubs you, right. you focus on. But if you're going to go to play to, you know, Joe and Betty Popular, then you got to play the right stuff. Yeah. Agreed. That's why people love our set list in but, back in town because it's... But the other side of the coin, like. yeah. I mean, it is. I've seen the band. It's mm -hmm. great. You play great stuff. But the other side of the coin is people have to adjust their attitude. They do. About parting with $5 or $10 at the door. Right. It's like, yeah, get, over, rest, get over man. the free, the free admission, ladies you know, and gentlemen, because the bands put a lot of time and energy into their product, into and their And our show. money that we put into uh, our instrument. So $5 in today's environment. Is not I mean, a lot of money to pay at the door. I don't right? know why people have such a hard Five time. Five bucks. With that. Come on. You got the money. I'll tell you why, Greg. Right. I found this out because one of my best friends is a comic book artist. I've done some films, some music. They don't think it's a job. In some ways, I swear it. They right. think we're all just like, having they think fun. Just going to play. Oh, it's music. It's not a job. Right. 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 There's hours right. and hours of rehearsal right. involved. Haven't you seen hours Greg out a couple of years? Like, we'll drum for food. Right. <laughs> He's got a spot at the corner. I don't know, you know what? We'll, dr we'll drum for food. No, but seriously, like one of my friends has been arguing. His food has been very good to me. I will, have friends. I will have friends, though. They'll go to my friend. She's a comic guard. Oh, can you draw this for me? You know what she charges? It's like, no, you know, it is work. Yeah. yeah. You don't have a nine to five. You're doing something else. No, they have to eat. Well, not right. us, maybe. Like, uh, we could probably take a few weeks off. Not but, you know, but it's a job, and they enjoy doing it. It's, sure. fun. it's called playing, but it's also work and how it they is. earn their freaking living. I and your rant. Yeah. No, very good but point. Studio, and if you don't want to pay five bucks or ten bucks, it's like... 
It depends on yeah. the band. I'll pay ten if it's something really special. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind paying five. Now, th- in terms of bands, you have to be Led Zeppelin though to make crazy demands. Otherwise, yeah. you know, be realistic. I, I do like free. <laughs> I do too. No, I admit that I like free too. It's like it's like I go to some of my musicians because they go, "Are you for free speech?" It's good. good, go give a show. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, when you think about it, it's one beer. I mean, really, yeah. you're gonna right. freak right. out over five bucks less. I don't Plus, know. I'm hoping now. See, my other view on that is okay. If you have to pay ten or so, I'm hoping the people are there then to see the music, so I don't have some idiots that we talked about before. Joe uh, Pizzo at Smoking Joe's does not charge a cover. Thank you, Joe. Brings in some of the top... Uh, Happy birthday, Steve Lyons. I got in there. Oh, that's yeah. right, Stevie. Good Happy Stevie. birthday, Steve. Um, but Joe doesn't charge a cover, and uh, he brings in some great bands. He always did. Joe, Joe has been great for the Rochester music scene, and we were talking about bars not lasting. I believe Joe's... Getting up there as far as how long he's had the, oh, yeah. the bar open, he's, I'll bet he's approaching 30 years. Sure. I think he's so. Yeah. I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure he's closing in on 30. Um, he'll correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure. So, <laughs> and uh, it makes me laugh because in that neighborhood, you say, you say you're playing there and people get weird. And it's like, you know what? I tell them all the time, too, and I'm serious. I said, you're going to be safer in that place yeah. than anywhere. No, I, sure. walks, <laughs> I used to do doors of bars, and I, I'll tell you, Honestly, bad neighborhoods or not to go. I've never had any problem there. You feel safe? Really? Uh, I've never had a problem at smoking shows ever. Never. I think Johnny's is a good place too to go to. And Johnny's, is, Johnny's, no problems. Yeah, Johnny's has been there uh, for a couple yeah. years now. Clifton is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're doing a great job there. It's it's picking back up again because after Johnny uh, turned it over. Um, it kind of died out a little bit, and then we got hit with the COVID. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, everybody had to start all over again. But Does anybody have anything to play? Somebody has to. I brought some music to play, but I have this to end the show with. Anybody else? Well, I got... cartoons going to ruin your mind? And ladies and gentlemen. Oh, great. Say goodnight, Ben. I can have a good waiver night. here. <laughs> I am only responsible for myself, not the guests <laughs> of my, my co-hosts. But it's been great, guys. You going to come back? Oh, sure. I'd love oh, to anytime. if you'll have me. I uh, hope I didn't offend anybody, and if I did, too bad. Well, if I come no, back, I don't bring Steve, though, because he talks too much. <laughs> yeah, I told people, listen, I'll behave myself. You know, sometimes uh, uh, I get a little carried away with some of my... Uh, so we're going to have two phone numbers to call in. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to win the fight in the parking lot? <laughs> 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 uh, I'll be handling the bets at the front of the building. <laughs> I'll be setting the ring up now. <laughs> and if you're all nice, we'll have the mud wrestle. <laughs> don't wrestle today. Oh. Oh Don't God. tell me I must fell on my ass. Oh, my God. Really? Oh, no. It's going to melt by the end of the week, thankfully. Yep. And yeah. it's Rochester. What do you want? Yeah, that's right. Rochester. But, but Greg's got his cool hat on. I guess that means, you know. I'm ready. Thanks, guys. And we'll I'm ready as we see you <laughs> next week. I think the way we're going, yeah. probably. <laughs> probably. I'm going to be playing at Murph's next Saturday, with who? With we, Brian Lindsay. With Brian? Okay. Great, great. On that end show. Bye. They got a great keyboard player, by the way. <laughs> Say goodnight, Dick.
Don't, don't, don't.